Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome back to another podcast, Lawns Across America. This is March 1st, 2022. And I don't know about you, but, well, I do know about you. You're just like me. March 1st is officially the first day of spring, right? It's like a flip of a switch in your mind. Now, I understand that March 20th is actually the official first day of spring, but it doesn't matter. It's March. It's kind of like the month of your birthday. You have, like, some people celebrate their birthday month instead of their birthday date. Well, we lawn care nuts, we celebrate spring starting in March, on March 1st, every single year. You can smell it in the air. You can feel it in your heart. Your bones begin to just to wake up and awaken, and you got that fire in your belly. That's where we're at, March 1st. Welcome to it, my friends. So with that, I thought I would share with you some fun things in a podcast today that are all about tools because a lot of people are starting to look at uh, maybe some new tools you want to get for the season. The spring sales are coming out. If you're going to the Home Depot for Pider, maybe you're preferred a Los. Maybe you're an Ace guy. I like the Ace. I got the Ace water here. I drink only Ace water because it's American-made water. But, um, But yeah, whatever your chosen place to shop for tools is, you know, you are going to start seeing a lot of sales out right now. And so tool manufacturers are starting to release new lines. And so this week I actually got a behind the scenes look at Ryobi. And when I say that, um, you know, they're not at the GIE Expo, which is where typically tool manufacturers will roll out what's coming for the year. But Ryobi, that's mainly a professional show. So Ryobi's not there. They're, I shouldn't say that they have a presence there, of course, walking around, but they don't have a booth or anything like that. Um, maybe they roll things out at other shows. I've heard about this national hardware show which uh, some some friends were telling me about, and uh, I want to maybe look at that. I don't even know when that is, but the long and the short of it is these companies, they want to get their stuff out, so they have these field days where they invite influencers. I'm using that term with with some um, air quotes there because I don't like that term, and none of us do, by the way. But I was invited out actually this past week to basically with all of the Ryobi corporate folks here in Florida at a place called 23 acre farm, pretty cool. It's near Orlando, but it's just a big wide open area and they set up tents out there and they had booths. I mean, they did a first class job, the Ryobi folks and um, had us out uh, a bunch of influencers, including uh, Johnny from blades of grass lawn care out of Savannah, Georgia. It was great to uh, hang out with him and talk to him. And he's such an inspiring and motivating dude, military veteran, Urah, army guy, over there and uh, it was really great to hang out with him and we and helped each other do some footage and film a little bit that was fun um, and there was some other folks there some tiktokers <laughs> which I'd never hung out with tiktokers before but they are exactly what I would think they're young and much better looking than me the the one guy was like six eight and jacked with perfect tattoos with no sun fading and he wore his little pegged pants with no socks and his little izod white shoes you know just just looked you know here I am, Mr. Bowling Pin, walking around <laughs> trying to film. This dude's got like one point, him and his wife, 1.5 million subscribers and ma- and, and uh, verified. So they made sure to tell us <laughs> in a joking way. When I say that, we were busting chops with them uh, when we were out. And we that Ryobi had us in the day before and they gave us like a, we had like a finger foods and, and drinks and stuff and, and hanging out with their execs. And uh, so we were having fun. And I say we, I'll tell you about some other folks, but talking about the TikTokers being like, oh, you know, you guys, uh, are you old enough to drink? You know, are you TikTokers, are you old enough to drink? And they'd be like, hey, old man, it's, you know, it's the sun's down. You should be in bed right now. You need to go and drink your insure. <laughs> so we had a little fun going back and forth that way. Um, and also there was some guys out there from some tool channels uh, that I kind of knew or had 
maybe on YouTube, whatever, kind of uh, crossed paths with them before, whatever, but nothing I ever really got into and vice versa and uh, ran into the guys from Tools in Action. That's uh, Eric and Dan and really got to know them well. And we actually hung out and ended up breaking balls together and having a good time. Uh, but that didn't sound right, did it? <laughs> if you know them, uh, they like to break break stones. They like to bust chops. It's fun, you know. And uh, so I, I, I had a good time hanging out with those guys. Those are good people. They're from Illinois. So, you know, they got the accent and everything. So I'm talking to them like this. You know, those guys don't understand tools like we line guys do. You know, what are you doing? You're holding that thing like a monkey, you know, that kind of stuff. Playing around with them that way. So, I don't know. It was just fun. Just It's kind of neat to uh, meet other YouTubers like that from other um, niches and get to know them and, and, and still talk about how do you guys, you know, navigate the landscape of social media and being an influencer because none of us like that word. So I don't know. It was just fun. And, uh, so with that though, we got to, I got access to, uh, all their new tools, which you're going to see content coming out about that for sure. Uh, I wasn't paid either. I don't want anybody to think that it, I mean, the pay was, I got early access. I got a night at the Spring Hill Suites. I mean, you know, the Spring Hill Suites, I'm the lawn care nuts. So they put me up in the Spring Hill Suites. I get it. So yeah, that that's a luxury item, but you know, a couple two tree uh, small slider burgers and uh, maybe one or two three too many glasses of champagne that didn't get drank when they were toasting to their new eighty volt line of stuff. But you know, other than that, that was the pay, and uh, it was fun. But what I got was access, not just access to their new equipment and new tools, but also to learn about them. And so we're going to talk about that and how that experience was for me because it was really cool to be a part of that. All right, now also later in this podcast, I have an interview with a guy that runs an all-electric lawn service and actually runs his crews out of Prius, Toyota Prius. So really fun interview. I learned a lot, and I think you will too, especially when you hear what he says about battery-powered tools. So that's coming up even later in the podcast. I wanted to finish this intro here with a story, though. Sometimes I like to try to tell a story when I can, and I'm going to tell a story about some weight loss that I've been undergoing. And that's not really what the story is. It's a funnier story from a while ago that let me know I needed to lose some weight. But a couple of you have uh, remarked when you see me in different places, uh, I've lost a little over 20 pounds just in the last six weeks or so, really kind of dialed in my health. Um, I had, uh, I got really sick in December for actually in, into the first week of January to where uh, I couldn't get off the couch for a lot of days. And it was like a roller coaster up and down and uh, never been sick like that before in my life to the point where I literally can't get out of bed or off the couch. That's just, that's not me. And so when you're laying there and your mind is, is working perfectly, but you literally just can't get up, <laughs> I've fallen and I can't get up. <laughs> Remember those old commercials? But you think a lot. And I thought to myself, you know what? You, you, you freaking fatty. <laughs> you need to get in shape, man. Because I just, I was like so pent up, so much pent up aggression that I couldn't get up, you know, so... Anyway, I decided to get in shape, got my, my diet right, um, doing a lot of carnivore kind of stuff, and my body's really responding well to that. And uh, anyway, I'll go into more of that. I'm probably talking about it now. Maybe to add another level of accountability to myself is probably what it is because one thing I've had trouble with is conquering my inner B, B-I-H. I've had trouble doing that, and so I have to do that every morning, conquer my inner B. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking about something today when I was, uh, I, wear, I can wear t-shirts again for the first time, but was thinking about it, I want to tell this story. So like maybe it couldn't have been more than two years ago, but maybe three years ago. But I think it was, yeah, probably three years ago because of what's been going on in the world. I used to travel a lot. For those of y'all that don't know, uh, before I went uh, full-time and created Yard Mastery, uh, I would travel maybe 36 to 40 weeks a year uh, for my last job. And so I flew a lot. 
And I, I think it was when I was still at my last job. So we'll say three or maybe four years ago. But anyway, what it was, was I was going through the airport here at Tampa to fly out and I was going through security and I'm wearing my normal garb that I, I wear when I'm fat. I'm shaped like a bowling pin for those of y'all that know. I'm 68 inches tall and I was weighing at that time 215. So I could probably do like light heavyweight in the UFC at, at five foot eight, <laughs> you know? And so, uh, and, and, and I'm shaped like a bowling pin. So you can imagine where all my weight is carried. And um, so with that, then I'm going through security. I'm wearing my normal garb that I wear in an airport, which is, is to be comfortable. So I'm wearing 5'11 tactical pants, which if you don't know what those are, they're the, oh gosh, what's the, I don't know which one I wear. The, I have the same ones I've had for years. Apex. Tac, 511 tactical apex pants look them up you can wear them to church you can wear them to weddings and you can wear them to work out in and you can wear them to mow the lawn in same ones trust me get the gray they don't show anything they're awesome they're very comfortable so i wear those because i get cold so i always wear long pants in the airport and then i wear a fishing shirt long sleeve that's just me right because the fishing shirt just it billows so it covers up all that fat especially my fat which is what i call back fat and it's lower back strap fat like Right above the belt, it's these giant, some people call that a spare tire, but mine actually sits in two big, large, dripping things on the two sides of my hips over there. So anyway, um, I'm going through security, and they pull me aside after I go through the little machine thing there, or the the scanner thing, and they're, oh, can, can you come over? And the guy comes over, and he goes, oh, i got to pat you down. I'm like, all right. So I raise my arms, and he pats me down right on the back of my lower back, on my lower back, where all my bowling pin fat resides, patting it down. He goes, all right, you're good to go. I'm like, man, I'm like, what What did you think was there? He goes, oh, he goes, you know, sometimes sometimes it looks like uh, you might have had a, a, some packs of cocaine back there that you were smuggling, so that's why, that's why the machine goes off. And dude was like dead serious. Like, he acted like he kind of cared that he might have been me, but he didn't. He, it was just like kind of matter of fact. <laughs> So, so I'm thinking, and I just laughed because I'm thinking to myself, bro, like I just got stopped at the airport line because my back fat looks like I'm freaking muling cocaine <laughs> through the airport. Like that is so wild. So I'm like, all right, so that should have been a sign. It wasn't. <laughs> it's just a funny story to tell now, but it makes me wonder like, what if, what if like that wasn't it? Like what if they really didn't see anything and it's just this dark sense of humor that, <laughs> that, that TSA people have, right? Cause listen, anybody that's in the service industry, uh, not service in public service like that, they have, <laughs> they have a dark sense of humor, but people in the service industry have dark sense of humor too, but people in public service, like I'm talking like cops, firemen, you know, uh, people that work in, in, um, prisons, you know, uh, uh, again, uh, they military for sure. Marines. Oh my gosh. You, Marines, uh, are the most hardcore pranksters on each other because they have the means, the will, the way, and the time to pull pranks. And they also have the darkest sense of humor. If you've never, uh, talked to an infantry Marine when they're around each other, like a fly on the wall, dark sense of humor and crazy, like in a fun way. Well, I'm wondering if, and, and basically everybody that's in any kind of public service like that, you have that brand of sense of humor. You know it. My fireman friends out there, my, my police friend, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm wondering if TSA is the same. I have to admit it is. And so then I'm wondering if it's like, no, if they're just sitting back there going, let's just pull this dude aside and call him fat without calling him fat. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but you got to kind of wonder. But <clears throat> either way, I just thought that was a 
Fun story about the time when uh, I almost got locked up abroad, or in Tampa anyway, <laughs> for looking like I was muling cocaine as back fat. All right, y'all. So in this next segment, we're going to talk about Ryobi and some of the things I learned when I was out at their field day last week. And when I say that, I'm going to talk a little bit about the tools, but really I want to talk about more about what I learned about Ryobi as a company because I've never worked with them before. As I've mentioned earlier, I've never owned a Ryobi tool besides a gas-powered pressure washer, but I've never owned any of their battery-powered tools or anything like that. And the reason that is is because for some reason in my mind, I always held Ryobi as a cheaper brand, as a less quality brand in my head. I don't know where that came from. I couldn't tell you. Uh, it may just be when I've been walking around the Home Depot. Um, I don't necessarily go into the power tools section very often, but I'm in the lawn and garden section pretty much every time I go. And from my impressions there, Ryobi was always a lower brand. Certainly it was a cheaper brand, but it was always just seemed fit and finish wise, just felt cheaper to me. So it just never really crossed my consideration set. That was interesting to me because when I was at this field day, there, I don't know, they had a bunch of VPs. Everybody was a VP or a director that was there, but this this gentleman named Lee, he's the top VP, um, he spoke to us and he said a couple of things which I thought were interesting. They're pretty much revamping their line here. And this is what he said. He said, previously, they the, the two uh, battery brands that were most prominent at Home Depot were Ryobi and Ego. And Ego, he said, Ego was the... Let's see, I don't want to make sure I quote him right. Um, he basically said that Ego created a ceiling for Ryobi. And when he said that, what I got the impression of and what he was saying was basically we couldn't get our quality too high because they didn't want us to bump up against Ego. Ego was the high-quality line. So so basically, you know, Ego was, was Lincoln, and uh, to use an American brand, Ego was Lincoln, and Ryobi was Ford. That was kind of the idea, right? Or Toyota and Lexus. Ego's Lexus. And, and uh, Ryobi was Toyota. Neither one are bad, though. Um, and, and so, but again, it just what I'm, I've always been that, that, that guy that went for that, that uh, higher-end stuff, especially when it came to um, lawn care equipment. So I, as I've moved into battery, I've gone towards Ego. Well, now he says, now that Ego, I guess Ego's, we, I, I read about this last year, Ego's out of Home Depot. They've gone to Lowe's now, and I also find them in Ace, but now that they're not there, Lee said that now this leaves Ryobi the opportunity to move up into that space. And he even said, you know, ego made us better. That's what he said. He goes, they make us better and they made us better. So kind of kind of cool. They they kind of understand who or understand who the leader was in their opinion, because now they're they're saying and that's what they're touting is that they're up on that level. Uh, or even better, and that's what you're going to see with a lot of the new tools that they rolled out to us and that we got to demo was this better, more improved, no more ceiling. We can get as good as we want to get now, though that ego's out of the way. That was their their kind of philosophy, or that was their approach. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, and, and I will tell you that not having an experience with the tools, the ones that I did uh, mess around with, I was impressed with them. They felt like quality. You know, I didn't get any real time to actually give any, put anything under load or any, anything like that. But just demo-wise, I mean, when I held everything, it, nothing felt cheap. Nothing felt skimped upon. Nothing felt like there was something missing at all. It was it was fine, uh, especially when they got into their heavier-dutier stuff like backpack blower uh, that I got to mess around with. Really cool, um, which I wanted to speak to. One of the things that um, they are 
touting is this Whisper Quiet, HP Whisper Quiet. So when you're looking at a Ryobi tool, you know, you go to Home Depot, there may be five or six different blowers there. Literally, they have a lot. Um, and so which one do you want if you know you want the top of the line Ryobi? They always want you to look for the HP Whisper Quiet. That's their term. And uh, that is also where they're going when it comes to electric. You know, you kind of wonder if you're a company that only does battery or they don't, I think, you know, they have gas-powered um, pressure washers like I have. But other than that, they're all batteries. They're a battery company. And when you're them, you know, what are your marketing points? What is it about battery that you're using as a, a marketing uh, message? You could say it's environmental or what they're going with, and I think is smart, is they're going with the quiet. I think that is an excellent um, direction to go in. If you have battery tools go in with the idea that these are quieter than gas. I know that sometimes they, these companies want to say we're better than gas, we're as good as gas, we're a replacement for gas. I can tell you that in my experience, limited, I will say, limited in my own thought. I have a lot more experience with weed whackers than most of you listening. Not saying I'm some great guy. It's just I've been sent so many over the years to use and test. I've just had experience with them from the cheapest all the way up to, you know, the most expensive. So I kind of do have a little bit better frame of reference than a lot of people. And I believe that going with that quiet is is good and not the replacement for gas. I think right now uh, we have some weed whackers that are definitely what I would call a one-to-one -one replacement for gas. Um, possibly some blowers that are a one-to-one -one replacement for gas for their gas counterparts. But I think the walk-behind lawnmowers are getting closer, but I don't think there are consistently uh, battery-powered mowers that are a one-for-one -one replacement for the, the better gas mowers. Um, I think we're close, and so far I have not found any type of zero-turn or rider or anything that replaces gas, not even close. So that's kind of where I'm at with the replacing of gas. You will see that in some marketing messages here and there, and I plan to test those messages and see if I find them to be true, all opinion. But I think going with the quiet is what you want. Now, I want to let you hear something here because I got two blowers. And what these are is these are both Ryobi blowers. One is the Whisper Quiet and one is the, the like the version that is not Whisper Quiet but is close in like amperage and all that. So just listen to these two different blowers and you'll know which one is the Whisper. So that's pretty cool, right? That is definitely noticeable that that is quieter. And now you think, yeah, what is one of the biggest uh, complaints that people have now that people work home, work from home more, they're uh, in offices on Zoom calls, right? So you're the neighbor, you're also home, you use your lunch break from your work from home to go out and take care of your yard, you're out there blowing, and it is definitely quieter for your neighbor who's on a Zoom call. Like, no joke, this is something that pros should consider as well. And we're going to talk about that later on in the next segment. But I think that's just really smart. And going with that quieter, that resonates with me is what I will basically say. Because sometimes I do like to get out early. Sometimes I like to stay out late. Sun starts setting around, you know, 845 at night. I like to be mowing out to sunset. Well, that's 9 o'clock at night you end up blowing. That's a little bit late to be making noise in the neighborhood, honestly, even though it's still daylight, kind of. Um, so having that quieter, that that resonates with me. So that was another thing I wanted to point out. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and this is interesting to me, something I didn't know. So as I'm, uh, interacting with the folks from Ryobi, like I said, all of their line managers were there, like every line of tools has a, 
a whole management team. So all the blowers or handhelds, that's got a line of tools or management team. All the walk behind mowers has a management team, the zero turns. And the majority of these, these I say they're kids. These are young people. And, and it's kind of interesting to see young, uh, innovative people that have this, what I call the seeker gene. It's something I, I learned about at my, or not learned about, but coined another VP and I, we coined this term, the seeker gene. I think we coined it. <laughs> anyway, what the seeker gene is, is, is when you're hiring someone that's young, right out of college, you know, obviously you guys that are uh, millennials or Gen Z now or whatever, you guys, you know, people love to talk about you and your generation is terrible and you guys are all entitled and blah, blah, blah. And you guys have heard my thoughts on that before that you could say that about any generation because the baby boomers are in Congress right now. Right. And that is not going very well. So don't, don't tell me about spoiled, rotten, entitled people. It happens in every age group. So what you have to do as an employer, or in this case, what Ryobi did is you find people that have that seeker gene, people that want to learn, they want to improve, they want to make a difference in the environment that's around them. And they want to know that they're making a difference. This is how you appeal to young people today. And this is what Ryobi has figured out. It's that seeker gene. They're seeking to get better. They're seeking to improve. They're seeking new experiences. They're seeking new challenges. Oh, that's such a good one. You want to you inspire a, a Gen Z or a, or a millennial? You, you give them a task to complete that is not easy, that's not been figured out. And you tell them, I know you can do this. I'm going to be here to support you, but I want you to go and figure this out. Give them an opportunity to go get a win. And you do that by giving them a new task. And one of the things that Ryobi has done is they've got a lot of young folks and they are really starting to kill it with social. They're all over the TikTok. They're all over Instagram and all this. But it isn't just that they're all over these things. I watch the way that they all interact, not only with each other, but with us, with the equipment. I mean, these are 27, 28-year-old kids that that are into the equipment and, and the tech behind it, and they, they're passionate about it. And they also can see that they're making a difference because Ryobi is a changing brand. It is growing itself. It is evolving. And it's exciting for them to be a part of that and have input. So you say, Alan, how do these young folks right out of college like this, how do they have input in such a large corporation like Ryobi. I'll tell you how they do. And I didn't never knew this, but apparently there's a rep in every Home Depot store. You know, obviously the, and I didn't realize this either, is that the the um, relationship between Ryobi and Home Depot is very uh, tightly interwoven to the point where, like I said, there is a Ryobi rep in the store. Now, I don't know when. I'm going to start looking now. <laughs> you guys are probably like, oh yeah, I talk to the Ryobi reps all the time. I don't know. It's just not a thing. I do. Um, so, now that I know that, I'm going to go like on Saturday to our busiest Home Depot and I'm going to look and I'm going to find the Ryobi up and shake their hand and say hello. But those people, what they do is, I mean, obviously their job is to sell. Obviously, if, if, they, if there's a bunch of people on an aisle where there's a bunch of weed whackers and they're looking at weed whackers it's the, and the Ryobi person is there, what are you going to do? You're not going to say, well, hey, you know, go buy an Echo. No, you're going to say, let me tell you why Ryobi is the best. So what happens is when these reps are in these stores and they are consulting with homeowners, they're literally consulting with you all, think about that. And you all are the advanced. You're the the nuts. But even like that that uh, that first time homeowner that that doesn't really know anything. They're buying their first set of tools. They don't even go on YouTube yet. You know, that's a lot of 
they're working with that very beginner all the way to the more advanced and everything in between. And they're learning what people's likes and dislikes are about the tools. Think about that. They also see probably if there's returns, they uh, what they look like when they come back into the stores. They get to talk to customers that have had Ryobi tools before and are upgrading or buying new ones. Just think about that type of education. And you guys, y'all ain't easy to talk to. I'm gonna be honest with you. You're not. When y'all gets, you know, uh, onto a tool or something and, and you'll ask a thousand questions to spend $10 and that's fine. That's why I love working in this, in this, uh, in DIY. That's why I love it. Cause I love that. I love being an educator. And by the way, that's why a lot of pro companies don't, cause they don't want to answer a thousand questions for a $10 sale. Whereas I do, that's a whole nother thing. So that is why these Ryobi reps were so, I don't know. They had, I just could pick up something in them that this excitement, like I said, about their, the culture that they're building around. And I think it starts with them all working in that store and uh, learning from the store. Cause that's what they kept telling me. Every one of these people, all the people I was working with were in like some sort of management type position. And I say that management over a line of tools or over a group of people or over development or over engineering. These people all started in stores. That's pretty cool. I mean, that is super cool. And when I say that, now think about this, you're a, you're a, you come out of college with a marketing degree and you think, you know, well, I got a degree. I'm going to go get me a great job. I'm going to be doing some, I'm gonna be doing some Super Bowl commercials, <laughs> whatever, right? Advertising. And, and you go and work for, work for Ryobi and they go, yeah, you get to go in the Home Depot store over here in Paducah, Kentucky, and you get to talk to, to sweaty men on Saturday mornings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I would love to do that, <laughs> but that sounds like a party. Uh, but, but I just think that's interesting. You have to be somebody that really sees a vision that sees the opportunity to be able to do that. Cause it can't be fun to do that. Maybe it is. I, I mean, it'd be fun for us, but I don't know. I'm just trying to put myself in someone else's shoes and see how their experience is and try to figure out why I think they're so awesome. And that's really what this is coming down to is pretty much everyone I met was a pretty awesome person. People that I would have sought to hire at my startup when I had when I worked at uh, the digital marketing startup, the same kind of people, they had that seeker gene, that fire in their belly, that shine in their eye, that they're making a difference. They know they're making a difference. And because of that, they keep working harder. They keep expanding their knowledge. They keep getting better. So that was something that really spoke highly of Ryobi to me and kind of translates down into now when I start to use the tools, hey, the quality is there for a lot more reasons than just somebody using quality, you know, quality material. It's also the quality people behind it. All right, so this next and final segment here is going to be really interesting, especially if you've been listening to this podcast all the way through, because now I'm going to interview Mike Reed, and Mike is the owner of Quiet Lawn, all-electric lawn service located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The best way I can put it is this guy's a disruptor, he's an entrepreneur, and he is building something pretty awesome. And I got to interview him and talk to him about his all-electric professional lawn service. And some of the things that I discovered were not what I expected, especially when you hear what he says about ego tools. Also, when you see what kind of a, a trucks he uses, I'm using the word, some air quotes there with the word trucks to get around. Just an innovative guy, really interesting to talk to and really cool to hear electric tools from the side of a professional using them every day. So with that, let's get into the interview here now. I'm going to link, if you're, by the way, if you're on YouTube or anywhere else, I'm going to link Mike's channel below. He'd be someone to follow that a lot of you would learn from. But again, it's Quiet Lawn Electric Lawn Service. You can search him on YouTube and find him, but I'll put his links below. Let's get into the interview now. 
How many years have you been in business, Mike? Uh, this is our fifth year. As electric, what's the exact, quiet as quiet lawn, all electric lawn service, uh, fifth year. It is, yeah, fifth year. I've, I've had a couple of small landscaping businesses uh, in the past, and this we started quiet lawn five years ago with all electric. So what made you, so you actually had, you had a maintenance service before, you had landscaping service, construction. What were you doing prior, and what made you go to this here. So I started my first uh, landscaping business when I was 11. I typed out business cards on a typewriter okay. because we didn't have a computer. Entrepreneur from a young and age. I, so I mowed grass, you know, I mowed lawns through through high school and that's how I bought my first cars and paid for paid for different things. Okay. Um, then I did what everybody tells you to do is get a real job or, or go to college <laughs> and I did that. Uh, started another business when I lived in the mountains of North Carolina and did that for about three or four years and then uh, uh, we decided to relocate to the Myrtle Beach area, which is where we're at now in Who's South we? Carolina. Uh, my wife okay. and all of us and my parents, we they, we all, you know, sold our houses and moved down there. Okay, so, gotcha. Um, and I went down there and uh, I started doing research to start up and a lawn care business down there. And, uh, you know, before there was no technology out there where you could possibly operate with all electric. And I came Especially across, five years ago. Especially then, yeah. Right. So I came across the main green equipment and I was like, man, that's awesome. You know, that's... Uh, very unique. Uh, you know, I can I can offer something that my competitors can't offer, and you know, we decided to go that route uh, with the mean green equipment. So, was it more for the lack of? Because uh, you're in a what I would consider to be a tourist area, maybe Airbnbs. We can talk about that. Is it because of the noise, or is it because of the environmental factor, or because it's easier to not carry gas? What sure. What were some of the considerations? Um, the biggest for me, you know, environmental is nice, you know, you try to do what you can. Um, the biggest thing was me was the experience for the customer and for our, myself and, and employees, because uh, my experience with gas equipment was it's a lot of maintenance, you know, there's oil, there's filters, there's okay. things to change. Um, running a gas mower all day, I used to get headaches from smelling the exhaust. Okay. Um, so just the user experience of having electric, you know, there's no maintenance, you just pull a trigger and it starts. Uh, you know, there's, there's no cold starts, things mm -hmm. like that. Uh, and then just being able to mow somebody's lawn, uh, you know, and them not even know you're outside because right. in our, in our area, it's probably similar to here, but most of our customers, 95% of them are retirees and, you know, they oh, might be okay. sleeping in to nine or 10, uh, and our guys can be out there, you know, seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. And, you know, mm -hmm. unless they hit something, uh, you know, they, a lot of times they don't even know they're there. So is that the main marketing when it comes? So I understand definitely on the user side of it, sure. it's definitely easier to pop a battery in and out, maintenance these things. On the customer side, do you find that that's the main marketing thing is the quiet lawn? Uh, and I've talked about this before in our videos. A lot of people ask, you know, like, hey, is if is this going to give me a huge edge on the competition picking up customers? And honestly, it's not. There's not a lot of people that will specifically seek you out for that mm -hmm. because a lot of people just don't have the awareness that it's available. Right. But what I find is once people sign up with you, they really enjoy then the they experience. Like it. Yeah, because yep. like I said, you know, everybody has the experience of somebody waking you up at 7.30 or 8 o'clock in the morning, cranking up a mower or a, yeah, or a, or a blower. blower. And so that's uh, that's literally means you're disrupting an industry. Then you are creating a demand and supplying the demand all at the same time. Sure, sure. That's pretty exciting, actually. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, like you said, you know, we're very excited about it. It's a it's a whole new experience, and that's uh, you know that's our main selling our unique selling proposition for our company is we offer a better experience. We're very easy to deal with. We make the whole process easy for our customers so that they can enjoy their time because they're you know they're hiring us to take that off their shoulders, and we want to make it as easy as possible for them. Mm -hmm. Now, what limitations have you found with the with the equipment? Uh. 
as far as equipment, I always say the the string trimmers, the blowers, uh, the small handheld stuff is there. Like it's every bit as good. I don't see any. And you like sacrifice. ego? Yeah, I like ego. We use some other stuff mm-hmm. right now, but we'll probably be able to show at some point. Okay. Uh, but we like ego. We use some Greenworks. Um, but the handheld stuff is there. It's awesome. Yep. We, we love it. I would never go back to gas. The only thing that's still coming along is the push mowers. You know, they're they're doing great, but they're they're still not there on the level of like you know like right right now the big thing that all of us are looking for is a thirty inch electric push mower like the Toro. And just yep. nobody has one out yet. So okay. that would be the only sacrifice. So you're just, 21 or you're in like a ride-on or a, uh, well, standards yeah. are like 25 grand. So it's like, well, there's a bit, right? There's a difference sure. there in a, in a, I mean, even a commercial. And I guess I would ask you this. When sure. you're using a walk behind and you have a 21 inch, are you spending less money and buying a homeowner version that you can buy multiples or are you spending the double to get the commercial? You see what I'm saying? You're talking about with a 21 with a, inch? With, yeah. Cause you say all you yeah. really have access to is a 21. So there's, sure. there's 21s that are commercial that are what? Like 1500, two grand. Sure. And then there's the one you can get at home Depot for 500. What are you exactly. buying? Exactly. So we are, we actually tried the, the commercial Greenworks makes a 25 inch uh, mower because obviously the wider have, the deck, I have the one. more efficient. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I have the professional one, not the, commercial one there's okay, a difference okay, but go yeah. ahead I, like I think it. the professional is probably better from what i've heard but okay. but yeah we, we haven't had the best experience with those that we've used um but most of the the 21s we use are ego and some other brands and they they work fantastic and you're just you so know. you just go right to home depot lowe's whatever just yeah, grab what, it yeah or, whatever we can get yep. and so it's yeah it's be it's almost like sure. a commodity right you run it till sure does the what lasts longer in those the battery or the mower itself the deck and everything else definitely the mower yeah the tools that the batteries you know we we've found that we usually get between two and three hundred cycles on a battery okay and then it wears out on average right um the equipment like ego i've had dozens of pieces of ego and i've had one fail in five years of hundreds of hours on it like it's so dependable it's amazing the batteries, you know, that's questionable on any. Yeah, platform. that makes that's just we're waiting um, for technology. To get but yeah, the, the tools themselves are amazing, um, and we actually, you know, we have the, like you said, we have uh, we started out with a forty-eight inch Mean Green standall mower, which are awesome. I love them, um, but uh, we ended up completely revamping and changing our model last year, and we went from a two two man crew using a big box truck and a big mower mm-hmm. to one man crews driving Toyota Priuses and push mowing yards because it is, a, it is much lower cost, much more profitable for us, especially for the small lawns we do. So uh-huh. we don't even use big mowers anymore. We, we run 21s until we can get a, a, a 30 inch. It's uh, Are you throwing uh, the throwing, picking up the mower and putting it in the back of the Prius? Uh, I have special carriers made. Uh, Dude, that, uh, you, you're going to send me push it up there. Yeah, it okay. is. And I'll show you. I'll show you I've watched but, a few of your videos, yeah. but I haven't got that deep. <laughs> no, so no, I'm just like, good. wait a minute. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we completely revamped last year um for a number of reasons that i, I talk about but it, it's really cool we've uh, we've got two priuses running now about to have a third one and one guy goes out mows 10 to 15 lines push mows them uh-huh. uh and you know it's and you gotta okay i want to see the setup because i'm thinking sure. now i used to work in a crowded city environment in chicago sure. and the biggest challenge we had was getting our trucks in and out when there's cars parked all along the sure. side so i'm thinking with a prius like this you literally right can in. get access to places that no one else can yeah, exactly. So that's got to be a positive. And then you have to get gas like once every six weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so then what's your charging setup look like for, or maybe your future when you have more Prius? Sure. What's your charging? Do you have a shop, a warehouse? People take these home? What are you doing? We do have a shop. Yeah. And basically we have all of the, it's real simple. We put uh, power strips, uh, commercial grade power strips in the Priuses and each of the vehicles. 
and we run them out the back of the vehicle. And when the guys go to the shop, they plug into extension cords and everything charges in the vehicle overnight. Mm -hmm. We're hoping to have some kind of onboard charging system this year. Like a like a big battery or something that, that we yeah. can feed off of, so we can charge on the go better. But right now, like the last several years, we just have everything in the vehicle. That way, the guys can pull in, plug in, and go home. So he's not recharging uh, like Ego uh, trimmer batteries on the road. He just takes enough with him for the day. Yeah, yeah, typically, yeah. And there you'll run into times where he might need to charge on the go or something like that. And we have a little set up for that for on the go. But yeah, typically they have enough batteries to get them through the day. But you think, so the idea of the Prius, that has a big battery already. So you're thinking if you can get an onboard charging, you can take advantage of that larger battery that's on board already? That is a possibility. This would be a separate battery, but there, that is a uh, there is a possibility too. I just don't know how it would affect the longevity yeah. of the Prius. But the Prius does have a good-sized battery that could, could do that too. And I know people who have put inverters on them to do yeah. that. But there's a lot of cool stuff coming as far as that. For sure. I think you're going to get more and more support this way. I also think you're going to have sure. government grant money available for being on the cutting edge, and you should take advantage of things things like that sure um back to this so on a route i don't sure. know how big your routes are how dense they are anything like that um urban you know whatever they're obviously small lawns because you're using push mowers yeah what uh, how many batteries does a so if a guy's all set up with ego is that am i right by saying that that your majority of yeah majority ego how many yeah, batteries we, we does use the green then, so for I a use day for, for a day you're typically going to need two for your weed eater on a typical day you're going to need two for your blower and you're going to need a small battery for your edger for your stick edger. They don't take they much use at every all. other time. Use yep. very little. And your mower, it can it varies a lot by the season and the growth, but you're gonna need between five and ten maybe batteries for your twenty one. Wow. Um, so okay. we, we carry about a dozen batteries or so on the on the yeah. on each one. Um, interesting okay yeah, that's cool yeah. and this is you know there's a lot of variables there is these yeah. are typically five app hour batteries but it, it depends on the size obviously so man you uh, i think ego needs to come up with some sort of a bulk buying program for for you guys you know that you can't be the only one that's yeah. using their platform in this manner because again yeah. i understand i've priced I, i'm a toro guy right sure. I, I love the new toro standard but again 25 grand for that it's, it's such yeah. a barrier to entry whereas the i'm just thinking about again a guy sure. that doesn't even have your experience a kid that's 18 that's a go-getter this is low barrier to entry right now very very yeah. for this and all one platform so you know, have they, have you talked to them? Are they thinking about that? At GIE several times, but you know, Ego, they weren't even at not, GIE this year. Not this year, They're yeah. so focused on the consumer market, which is funny because... It's their deal, yeah. They, they, their equipment is all consumer, but it's better than any commercial stuff that I've used. And we, we keep trying... How's that for an endorsement? We huh? keep trying everything, but we keep going back to Ego. Now, Ego has some had some issues over the last couple of years with their battery platform, and that's not what we're happy. We're not too happy with that. But as far as their tools, we haven't found anything that compares to the longevity. Um, but I wish they would focus more on the commercial market. They did make their specific specific commercial line, and I tried it, and I don't like it as good as their consumer line. So we we didn't end up doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, they they use the backpack and batteries and stuff like that. But uh, as far as uh, dependability and performance, you can't beat Ego. They're, yeah, they're way up there. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I've always liked their stuff too. Sure. So. Yeah. It's, I've, I've just loved to see this market come along and uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And there's, you know, we, we use some other stuff and we're not able to disclose it now, but there, there's some really good stuff coming. You know, we've had, so you have we've companies been, that seek you out because, because you literally yeah. are, you're probably the only one in your town with this Definitely. setup, right? Yeah. When we started, we were probably, there was only maybe 10 companies in the whole country. Right. Uh, we're definitely still Probably the only one within South Carolina. I think there's one company in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, it's still, yeah. So so companies will seek us out just because we can 
try out their equipment, test it out, see what's going to break when they're still in the, like prototype phase right. and stuff like that. But but we, there's some good stuff coming. We've we've got the opportunity to test some really good stuff, and it's just nice to see the equipment coming along because that's you know it's 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 all about trying to get that efficiency mm-hmm. uh, that you have with gas. And like I said, all the equipment's there. Even the push mowers are great. It's just I can't wait until they get like a thirty that's going to yep. be there with like your Toros and your X Mach thirties and the new Skag and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's just lagging behind a little bit. Well, I'll be interested to try Egos. They have some new. Uh, uh, zero turns they put out and stuff I mean, that are more homeowner focused, you know? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to try those. And I have friends that use them in their business and they're pretty good. You know, they, I've heard some mixed feedback, but you know, like I said, every, everything ego makes is pretty, pretty well thought out. You mm-hmm. know, they're like, even though they're not marketing to the professional community, their stuff is made to, to handle a lot more than a homeowner can put it through. It'll be interesting to see where they go. One other thing I want to talk about, and then I'll let you run because I know sure. you're out oh, of town no, here. Sure. I want to talk about, because you're. I was watching one of your videos where you're talking about your revenue and your share revenue and how you got more into recurring revenue and more predictable. Sure. I thought that was awesome. You have moved more into fertilization and weed control, and you talked about a higher profit margin sure. there. So let's, and that's why you're here. Let's just say, tell me sure. why you're even here. What would you, what was your coming down here to acquire? So one thing is that we have a spray van, so we have a 200 gallon tank in it. We were adding an extra 100 gallon tank so that we can upsell and offer other products at the same time. You know, to be able to sell to homeowners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for example, we're putting out a pre-emergent last month, and then we can offer a winterizer fertilizer or something else to add onto that or grub control. Um, but really, the the cool thing that we came down for is uh, there's a company called Power Spreaders that makes an electric uh, self-propelled uh, push spreader. Yep. Uh, and, and Mike uh, Mike makes them, and we came down to pick up one of those because we've been looking for years. You know, nobody makes an electric ride-on spreader sprayer. Nobody makes anything like that. And Mike right. finally came out with one, and we're, you know, we're really excited to try it out. But it's going to make, the you know, our lives a lot easier in the summer. For sure it will. And I love that. It's so I like that piece of equipment because it's that in between. So you've been sure. currently you're pulling hose, right? Most of the time, or are you doing, uh, are you doing push spreader? We are. Yeah. We do four liquid apps and then three granular. So we've been using just a spiker push spreader, okay. uh, Back and and forth. Which, which they work great, but it's just, it's, it's but if you have to spread and hard. spray, you know, if you got yeah. dandelions up and you're doing granular for you're going to have to now pull twice, right? yeah, pull twice. Exactly. Yep. So as you look forward into that, um, have you looked at doing getting the full ride-on experience? Again, this is going to go, you know, like sure. the, the $10,000 uh, ride-on. Have you looked at that? Because this is another, I want to talk about this in your thinking, because this sure. is another one of those jumps, right? Sure. So you're, what made you think not going to ride-on, going here? What's the difference? Uh, you, and here's the big, the big revelation we had last winter. We hired a consultant, his name, Wayne, his name is Wayne Bowles and he, he has a podcast too, but, okay. uh, he, he helped us, uh, determine our numbers and, uh, fig, calculate our hourly cost mm. and the hourly cost to operate like a ride on mower or one of these ride on spreader sprayers. It, it drives the hourly cost up so much that it's hard to make profit. Um, so, uh, and for, I'll say that that's for the type of lawns we target. We try to target lawns that are quarter acre, fifth acre, there or it is. smaller. Average lawn size. Um, right. So, yeah, if we were doing bigger acreage, it wouldn't make sense, the model that we have. But we are mm-hmm. foc- highly focused on small lawns, tight routes, and, you know, that those are much more profitable for us. And with those lawns, you know, it's it, a 2,000, 3,000 square foot lawn. It's hard to get a 1,200-pound ride-on spreader sprayer, you know. And you can hand spray, spray it in the time just to get it off the cart. And get it, you're already done with it. You're already done. Yeah, okay. So that's kind of the thing. So even if, you know, somebody does make a, you know, turn a Z spray into an electric, I don't know if we get one. It's not good for our model. And just the liability and the, you know, the damage you're going to do when the the lawn's wet. You know, it's just a lot of things that Mm -hmm. you add when you add a, 
you know, a yeah. big mower or a big uh, ride-on spreader sprayer. Exactly. And the reason I wanted to target that or talk about that is because I, I talked to a lot of younger guys, and I always encourage them to get into fertilization weed control, too, for the yes, exact sir. reason you know. Uh, you sure. can spray a 3,000-square-foot lawn in, like, three minutes. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you'll charge 40, 50 bucks for yeah, that. But yeah. the mow is a half hour. Right. And, yeah. and what are you charging? 40 bucks? Same. Bu exactly. So, you, so yeah, you're saving money on that, on that, uh, labor costs there. Sure. Chemical cost is there, but that's the fun, right? Yeah. Balance that out. How do I make my program maximum efficiency, but use the least chem uh, so sure. much. I love that's And that's the kind of thing your consultant probably went through with you too, right? Well, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and you, you know that, and it, and it would be nice. The good thing about mowing is you can go out and start a business and you can have enough customers in, in six months to, start the business. So the mm -hmm. thing with weed control and fertilization is you need hundreds of customers because you're only treating them, you know, six, eight times a year, depending right. on where you're at. Um, so, you know, it, it's nice to be able to start with mowing. So you have revenue coming in while you build up your customer base. Like that's our big goal this year is we're putting all of our marketing dollars into really growing and filling out our weed control and fertilization yeah. route. And then we're keeping them mowing because that's good, good for exposure. It helps us upsell you know, mulch, you know, other things like that. We control and fertilization. Well, and you do have those customers that want the all-in-one. They want to do sure. one bill. So I get it, especially if you're working prepay. And that's that's why I like fertilization we control too. You're right, because see, with a mowing route, what do you think one full-time guy can handle mowing comfortably in your area? Revenue-wise? No, uh, customer-wise, customer uh, account. With, again, I know that all take With the, our smaller lawns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we target, it's it's probably average about 12 lawns a day, uh, you know, okay. on a high So side. 60 lawns he can handle. Uh, yeah, 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 pretty easily. Yeah, 60 is about the number we average go Average square footage, 2,500, 3,000? Uh, ours is probably closer to five or six. Okay. I would like to push it down, but we're in an area, ah, we're kind of like an area like this. It's kind of suburban, a lot of cookie cutter subdivisions, but we're not like in a, mm -hmm. like downtown where it's like tiny little lawns. But, gotcha. But uh, yeah, I, I'd say our average is four to 6,000. Okay, so you can handle those 60 lawns, Yeah. right? With fertilization and weed control, you could probably handle 500 oh, one guy oh, easily, because he only yeah. has to visit every four to five weeks, yeah. right? So just think about the revenue load, though, that that sure. one guy is carrying and how it's different. So I, I like looking at it in that regard. Oh, it's crazy. And it goes back to the write-on. What I want to say is the write-on is sexy. People are like, oh, yeah, I yeah, want yeah, a permagrain. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a permagrain on, online. I've seen them guys riding them around. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it is cool. So yeah. It's like a motorcycle, right? But you're right. If you're under, even under 10,000, you're... You're, you know, you can just yank a hose, you can spray that thing sure. and be done. So I always encourage people, even up to 10,000 square foot average, I encourage them to pull hoses. Just pull hose. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, you know, it's kind of like a, a an epiphany when we started looking at our numbers. I was looking at companies like True Green, like mm. you don't see them out riding permagreens. They're pulling hose and they're pushing you know, $500 Lesco push spreaders. Like they, yep. I think they know more than I do. How about that? Uh, about, you know, they're not outfitting each crew with a $12,000, $15,000 you know, permagreen or whatever, you yeah. know, or ride on spreader sprayer. So, um, you know, like you said, if you're doing acreage, that's a whole different thing. Commercial, if you are yeah. wanting to be a solo operator and it's all about your comfort and your, your efficiency, I might use a ride on mower, but if you're trying to grow and you have employees and you're wanting to kind of scale, like I, I think simplification, especially for smaller lines is, is the way to go, especially with this market, you know, the, the, the labor market where, um, you know, one of my big goals last year with the revamp, was to bring down costs, but it was also to make it where we can train anybody on any of our services within two weeks. So mm. I, you know, it might take three months to get somebody comfortable on a ride on spreader sprayer sure. or a mower, yeah. but I can have somebody push mowing within a week easily, you know, yep. and doing all the, all the other stuff. So, um, you know, just, there's just a lot less complication with that type of business. Well, model. does that also give a path to promotion then? Whereas a guy gets in and, Hey man, start, earn your stripes here, sure. manage your route, 
keep your retention high, you know, keep your customer CSI scores or if you're taking, sure. you know, whatever kind of survey. And then, you know, hey, man, you can earn a spread spray route where you have a different. I mean, I can sure. see a, you know, and that's my next and final question for you here, Mike, is where are you going to go with this? Are you going to franchise this? Are you going to. What's your, what's that, your is, that is kind of one of the things I'm looking at. Uh, you know, I, I, it was kind of what I was building. I had envisioned for the last few years, but I can't, I, I, know, I don't know if you're familiar with Mike Andes. Uh, yeah, I watch him. Uh, Savannah something. Yeah, Augusta Long. Augusta. But it was he, one of those Georgia's. But, but I found him last year and I was like, that's exactly what I've been thinking. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, small, simple locations, you know, maybe they're half a million to a million dollars in revenue. Mm-hmm. No complicated layers of management. No, none of the issue. You know, none of the complication you get with building a big central location. So that's eventually, yeah, what we're looking at. You know, we're built. Yeah. We're kind of refining our model, uh, and then probably within the next two to three years, we'll open some close corporate locations close to where we're at. Nice. And then look at franchising from there. Awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, like I said, it's a it's a simple business model. Um, the other good thing is it allowed us to pay our guys a lot more because we didn't have as much cost and equipment. So our guys were making a lot higher last year. I so didn't we were even able think to about attract that. more people. So they, you know, whereas before you could didn't have enough to even pay fifteen, sixteen dollars an hour. Now our guys are making twenty, twenty five, sometimes in the thirties. Uh, really know, well, good for you for reinvesting that money the, um, back into them. But which is which important? Like you said, it's important. You know. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so we, we continue to refine. We, we really enjoy the equipment. You know, I, I love uh, I, I love this industry, but it wouldn't be exciting to me if I was just doing the thing I'd always done. I love being in the forefront. I love testing new technology. I love that we're putting out robotic mowers and playing with that. We're getting yeah. we're getting to see the newest stuff because, uh, you know, I think uh, like probably like you, like the the landscaping industry is one of the few industries that's not been touched by technology. It's relatively the same as it was 20, 30, 40 years ago, right. aside from some improvements in equipment. And I think that's changing. I think you're going to see a drastic change in the industry over the next 10 years mm-hmm. uh, because of these technologies, the different softwares, the different piece of equipment. It's just exciting to kind of, you know, be a part of that and, and uh, you know, see that. I agree. I love disruption. Yeah, and this is an industry ripe for disruption. Sure. A lot of opportunities going to come with it. Exactly. Well, I have loved talking to you, man. I'm sure we <laughs> could talk even for more as whenever you come up with new I, new things. You said these new things you're testing. I want to have you back on. But sure. please tell them, Mike, tell everybody. We can look right there in the camera. Tell them where they can find you on your socials and all that kind of stuff. Sure. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, it's Quiet Lawn. Uh, same as on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Pretty simple. Just uh, at Quiet Lawn. Uh, yeah. Have more of an audience. So. Awesome. We'll put the links <laughs> down below as well. Well, all right, y'all. Thank you so much for joining me once again, beginning of March here. It's going to be an awesome season. I can feel it already. When I go outside here in Florida, the air is crisp and it is warm and it is dry, which we like this time of year. It's our reprieve from from the humidity. I'm sure it's all going to rush back in, all you spring breakers on your way down here now. Please make sure you tip your servers well (laughs) when you're here, but we love you to spend all your money. So come on down. The weather is great and uh, we'll keep it sunny for you. But for the rest of you, I'm hearing about all kinds of warm spells across the country. I was talking to John Perry yesterday. He's out on his golf green chipping ice and uh, wearing flip-flops in 60-degree weather. So, you know, lots of good stuff going on around the country. The spring is definitely rushing in. Before you know it, we're all going to be enjoying simultaneous mows every Saturday morning. But until we get there, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. I hope you keep on listening, subscribe, and tell your friends, and I'll see you in the lawn.